Good morning and welcome to Soul City. It's so good to, to be here together and celebrating. And, and I just want to give a quick shout out to those of you that are in overflow, uh, both in the corner classroom and upstairs, um, potentially even in the nursery. Who knows where you're at? Um, uh, you will have a great reward in heaven filled with cupcakes. Yes. Um, so Many more cupcakes to come. We thank you, uh, those of you that are over in our overflow section. And uh, you may have to bear with us because uh, as we've been contemplating all that God has done in our Act 1 and thinking about what it is that he's going to do in Act 2, we've been choking back tears all week of just awe and wonder over the fact that we are a part of this incredible movement of God here. And um, we're just so overwhelmed to be able to, to ultimately celebrate him. Um, that's, that's why we're here this morning is to bless and to bring glory and honor to God, who, who is the author of this story. He is the one that has miraculously been moving. Um, but I, I don't know about you, I love a great party. Um, I love any opportunity to take some sparkle out of my closet. Um, and uh, I, I, I'm, I am, I do, I love it. I had to bring the sparkle today. And uh, you know, I, I love a great party, and, and it doesn't matter what it's for. Our neighbors last night, uh, Matthew and Eric, they're so awesome. They're, they're here this morning. They threw this great, like, pre-Thanksgiving uh, party last night with incredible food, and it was so much fun. And, and, and parties are awesome, aren't they? Uh, whether it's just a birthday celebration to a backyard barbecue or, or whether it's, you know, getting together with a bunch of friends to watch a game or, you know, getting all dressed up to go to a fancy wedding. Parties are so fun because there's this moment in the party where you're just sort of aware of the fact that everybody's stopping and humanity is stopping to celebrate life together. And in many ways, that's what we're doing here today. And in our family, we, we love celebrating together. Uh, and and we, love, we love being able to, to celebrate important moments in our family. And so especially we have two young kids. And so uh, we go big for their birthdays, and, and we love being able to celebrate them. And um, so, you know, they get to pick um, each year. They get to pick how they want to celebrate their birthday. And so over the years, we've had lots of experiences. Um, I've gone everywhere from Star Wars. Um, this is when Elijah was four. Um, I had to bring out the superhero powers. Um, we, we did G.I. Joe this last year, uh, which was awesome. We had a Pinkalicious year. Um, so everything, everything had to be pink. Uh, my Little Pony, I'll let you decipher, you know, who wanted the pink and who wanted the G.I. Joe in our family. Um, but it's so fun to, to stop and to celebrate and to, to mark a moment. And, and I love there's this moment at, at most birthday parties, you know, where they bring out the, the cake or the cupcake and there's candles on there and you stop and everybody sings a terrible rendition of happy birthday, right? It never really is all on, on key or, you know, in tune, but you stop and you sing to this person and then they blow out the candles, right? And I love that tradition. I always have. But there's a part of the tradition that I actually, I wish would change. Um, and that is that there's a part of the tradition where they're supposed to make a wish, right? And they make this wish and then you blow out the candles. And the part that I don't like is that you don't get to, sh you don't get to share in the wish. I always want to stop and be like, so what'd you wish for? <laughs> like, what are you hoping is going to happen this next year in your life? And as we celebrate our two-year anniversary and as we celebrate our, our two-year birthday and as we go into our toddler years as a church, hopefully they're not the terrible twos, right? Um, we stop and we celebrate and we don't keep our wishes or our hopes or our dreams to ourselves. 
we reflect them back up to God because our hope is in him. He is the author of this story, and he is who is calling us forward and is writing an incredible act to. And so for those of you that are here today celebrating with us, ultimately who we celebrate is our good God who has been at work in this church. We took some time as our leadership team to get away for a little bit and reflect on all that God had done and then what we anticipated and expected God to do in this act two for our church. And so uh, we actually kind of got out of the city. You got to do that every now and then, don't you? Just kind of get out of the city for a little bit. So we went up to Saugatuck, Michigan, which was so great. And we didn't just eat apple donuts the whole time. We also actually worked a little bit as well and prayed and listened and asked God, what do you have next for our church? And we couldn't stop sharing stories of all that God had done and the lives that we've seen God change, most especially ours. But as we gathered around what we you know, were anticipating and expecting God to do next, we did an exercise together as a team that was very powerful for us. Uh, we sat in a circle and read out loud the entire book of Acts from the Bible. And we would just go around and each of us would take a little section and read it. And we weren't allowed to make any comments. We just had to circle or underline things, you know, as we kind of saw those things popping up or we felt like, okay, I feel like God's leading us towards this. And so we spent a couple hours just going around and doing that. And there were a lot of moments as we read through this book where we see really what we you know, talked about last week, the, the moment that the church was born at Pentecost and then the movement of the church all throughout the world. There were moments where our whole team, would, someone would be reading and we'd all do like the, the Christian cow thing where, you know, someone would say something, we'd go, mmm. Like, we'd all, like, you know, you'd all, like, feel that and stuff. It's, it's a very spiritual thing to do. And so there are several of those, but there's one that really stood out. There's one that really stood out. And uh, that's probably all you're going to remember from today's message. Honestly, you should probably, you should I like that. I thought it's good. My prayer cow. I didn't like the joke. I like no, that the, stuff. No, the, the thing, yeah. that stuff, yeah. So uh, everyone said, mmm. So anyway, there was this one verse that we read. This one passage where all of us just went, I mean, it was just so clear that God was speaking this to us for our act too. And so we want to share that passage with you this morning. And I think it's an encouragement, not only for our church and where God's taken us, I think this might be an encouragement that you really need to hear from God this morning. I want to just read it to you. You don't need to grab your Bible. I'm actually going to read from the message translation coming out of Acts 18. Let me give you a little context. Uh, at this point, uh, the Apostle Paul was really a central character in the book of Acts, really in the whole New Testament. And he had been taking the message of grace and salvation all throughout the known world. And he was going city to city to city. And he is in this moment, uh, in the book of Acts chapter 18, in the city of Corinth. If you've ever read a verse, uh, 1 Corinthians, ever at your wedding, or you've been to a wedding, 1 Corinthians 13, right, that passage, love is patient. Well, that comes from this city in this church where Paul was preaching. But it was not going well. Things were going really rough. In fact, there were a lot of obstacles and a lot of things in the way. And so Paul was really discouraged. In fact, so resistant were people to the message of love and grace that they were violently attacking Paul after he preached. So I've given plenty of bad sermons. That's never happened to me before. So Paul's down and out. And in Acts 18, this is what God says to Paul, and I believe he says to our church. He says this, In the course of listening to Paul, many, uh, a great many Corinthians actually believed and were baptized. One night, the master, that being God, one night God spoke to Paul in a dream. And he said this, keep it up. And don't let anyone intimidate you or silence you. Keep it up. Don't let anyone or anything intimidate you or silence you. 
no matter what happens, this is from God himself, no matter what happens, I am with you and no one is going to be able to hurt you. Hmm. Now look at this. This is what struck us. You have no idea how many people I have on my side in this city. Hmm. And that was all Paul needed to stick it out. Look at that phrase. You have no idea how many people I have on my side in this city. Paul was so greatly discouraged, as we all have been. As we all have been in different areas of our life where we really felt backed into a corner, we really felt overwhelmed and defeated, mm-hmm. where we wanted to obey God or follow God, but we felt like everything in the world was working against us to do that. Paul, gives this, or Paul has given this word from God, and I believe he's given it to you and to our church today. Don't give up. Mm-hmm. Press on. I am with you, and I am for you. You have no idea how many people I have on my side in this city. What a great encouragement for Paul, Mm -hmm. and a great encouragement for us. I bet all of us could point back to a time in the last two years where we would say, if it wasn't for this person, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would have made it through. If it wasn't for this circle of friends, I don't know if I could have walked through that Mm -hmm season. If it wasn't for this relationship, this person that God has on his side carried me through or helped me stand up, we all could probably point to those, couldn't we? And what's amazing is we see in this passage and we see again all throughout the entire book of Acts is that there's this principle at work that I think we need to pay attention to as we look ahead for what's next for our church. It seems as though God's extraordinary power, God's extraordinary power comes through again and again and again ordinary people like me and you. It's a powerful thing that you see throughout the book of Acts and we've seen in our church. God's extraordinary power comes through ordinary people like me and you. People just like me and you who may not think they have much to offer or I have much to give, but God says, no, no, no. I am going to use you in big ways that you may not even know in this city. You may not even realize yet. I am going to use you. You get to be on my side in what I am doing to redeem the world and bring love and hope. God's extraordinary power comes through ordinary people like me and you. And so when we look at that encouragement that that was to Paul, and we look at all the challenges and obstacles we have in front of us as a church, we're running out of room, clearly. There's literally people sitting on the floors and all over this church right now to hear about God's message of love and grace right now. We're running out of room. We've ran out of room, okay? We've run out of room. And we look at the fact that there are more and more people that we keep, God keeps bringing to our church with very real and significant spiritual needs, very broken places in their lives, places where they need people on God's side who can walk with them. As we look outside of our walls and look at all that our city needs, and we see the brokenness of our city, And we see kids without hope or a future, families who are struggling to make it. We just go, God, there is so much to be done. And the obstacles are so great. And God, it is so uniquely challenging and expensive to do church in the city. And so we can look at all that and be overwhelmed and defeated. But what we realize when we stop and think about all that God has done, we're not overwhelmed by those obstacles. We are overjoyed. Mm. Because we know that those are invitations for God to come through ordinary people like me and you. Mm -hmm. That's what the story of this church has been. Mm. That's what we've seen. 
And if you have been here for the last few years, you've seen that. You, you've seen it. You've been a part of it. But maybe you've just started coming in the last year or so, or this is your first Sunday, and you're like, okay, I missed all of that. When do we get to knock walls down again? I kind of missed all of that. Look, I want to share with you some stuff that God is doing right now that you actually get to be a part of right now, that God is literally opening the curtains to our act two and saying, come on in. There is a part for you to play. An ordinary, everyday person like you gets to be a part of the extraordinary work that I'm doing in this city. So can I just walk you back through the last three days at some of what God's doing? I mean, like if this is your first Sunday, this is just one of the last three days of how we've seen God move in our church. Let me just give you a quick snapshot of the extraordinary things God is doing. So from about the time we started this church, one of the things we realized about doing church in the city is that parking is a challenge. Now, you know, just life in the city means parking is a challenge. And so one of the things we would do, and I never thought I'd pray these kind of prayers. We started praying at the beginning of our church for parking. Now, I've prayed for parking like by myself. I've cursed people uh, while trying to park by myself. But to pray, God, would you provide parking? It's just a, ne- it's a prayer. I never thought I'd pray until we started this church in the city. But it's a, it's a challenge. And the city requires sort of uh, it's very specific criteria for number of seats to spots you have to have secured. Like, it's very, very specific. And so we have been praying, God, would you provide space? And we kind of have lots and, and, and stuff. If you drive here, if you don't use public transportation, you've experienced those. But there is a beautiful big parking lot right across the street from our church. And it's actually the parking lot of uh, Mercy Home. It's the longest, oldest Catholic charity here in the city of Chicago. And they've become actually good friends of ours. And we've built a relationship with them and a partnership with them. Uh, been able to hang out with their mercy work interns, and a lot of them come to our church and are part of our church, and so it's been this really great partnership. And as we pray, Lord, will you continue to grow that partnership? We've also added, and Lord, will you give us their parking? And we pray and pray and pray. Like, both is great, God. Let's both is great. You know, parking and partnership. What a deal. And so we have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed because we know what a game changer that would be for our church. You know what's really cool? Thursday evening, we are wrapping up our work day here and getting ready for all the stuff this weekend. We got an email from them saying, it's all yours. And they're generously providing us with more than enough spaces we need right across the street from our church so that we can continue to grow as God has grown our church. That's pretty cool. They got it. You got to celebrate parking. Come on. <clears throat> Maybe just as a little act of worship this week, every time you find a parking spot, just start clapping again because <laughs> it just means something more, right? So that's Thursday evening, and then Friday morning, uh, I got to see God do another miracle in our midst. For about as long as we've been praying for parking, uh, we've been praying for our friends that are far from God, that don't know God yet, don't know how much he loves them. In fact, if you look around in these pillars in this church, our church is committed to writing our friends' names and praying very bold and specific prayers for them. Some of these names have been up since the day we opened doors in this church, praying and praying and praying that God would move. One of those names is named my friend Joey. And Joey got dragged here by a friend about a year and a half ago and uh, started coming to church. And uh, he's a dynamic guy, fantastic guy, well-known in the city, well-loved in the city. So Joey comes here and, you know, kind of starts coming and and really doesn't miss, keeps coming. And so then I kind of grab Joey and say, look, man, I want you to join my small group. Me and my friend Mark, my friend Doug lead. It's a men's group. I think you should be a part of it. He's never done a small group in his life before. So I waited till the very last second to tell him that it meets at 6.30 a.m. <laughs> and so Joey starts coming. And we, I've seen, and Joey would tell you, he, he's seen God grow his life tremendously, even through a pretty tough year this last year. And so this Friday morning, um, 
And we got to see God move in a really powerful way. As Joey, after about a year and a half of coming to our church and years of being prayed for, finally said to God, I'm all in. And Mark and I were able to walk with Joey back to the prayer hall. Mm. And Joey got to write his name down and pin it to the cross. And he wrote really big, Joey 2.0. I just thought, that's, that's it, isn't it? He has now entered into a full relationship, a saving relationship, a transforming relationship with Jesus. And Joey's one of those guys where people pray and go, God, I mean, if you could with Joey, that would be great, but that's a lot. And to see how Joey's life has been changed by God and to celebrate with Joey, he is now my brother in Christ. Uh, It is a miracle in our midst. And it's a name that gets to get checked off on our pillar. God, you have been faithful. You've used ordinary people like Arona and Mark and Doug and so many others around this church to extend his extraordinary love to Joey. And so I'm on cloud nine. I'm like, parking and Joey? Like, this is, a, God, this is awesome, right? So that's, no, we're not done. It was awesome. So Friday night, we are invited to a party for a guy at our church who's been here since before it was a church. He was the very first email we ever received to our church and uh, asking questions about it. And so uh, we went over to, uh, to his house to surprise him because one of the things, his name is Jade, And uh, Jade has been a prayer warrior, for lack of a better word, for the church. You have been prayed for by Jade over the last two years. I can just tell you, maybe not by name, but you have been prayed for. This church has been carried by this man in prayer. In fact, in his bedroom, written all down the wall are passages from the Bible that he prays through and looks to to remind him of who God is. But part of the hard thing about the last year and a half or so for Jade is he's been able to, has been unable to land a job. Went through, got his master's degree, was ready to go, but was facing a very real timeline with sort of his study visa and, and all that sort of stuff, and he was probably going to have to go back home. And so what is so amazing is about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, God provided Jade with a job. And what's so fun is so many of us have been tracking with him so personally and been praying so passionately for that. Like, it was a celebration that needed to be celebrated. We needed a party to celebrate this. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was uh, Jade's friends, a bunch of folks from Soul City Church and others, uh, gathered at his house and surprised him Friday night by throwing a huge party for him, congratulating him on, and really praising God. And what was so fun is he did not see it coming, was mm-hmm. totally surprised. And we were able to gather around him and pray over him and thank God for him. But what's really cool is a couple of his friends said, you know, this is great to celebrate God and what he's done, but I bet there's something ordinary people like us could do. And so they set up a little online fund to say, look, if you've seen God, you know, in Jade and you've seen his fingerprint on Jade, would you help us? We'd love to wipe out his debt from his master's program. Because the guy just landed a job. He could pay it off himself. It's going to take a couple years. And so in two short days, people from this church and, and others here in the city raised $6,500 to wipe out his school debt, what was left of his debt. And I'm thinking there, we're sitting there in that house on a Friday night going, man, there are a lot of other parties going on in a lot of other houses in this city, but there's nothing like this. Mm. There's nothing like the church. There's nothing like that kind of biblical community that says we see you, we love you, and we are here for you and with you. Mm. That is God's extraordinary power Mm. coming through ordinary people like you and me. So we were so thrilled Friday night. We just go, God, you were so good to our church. This is all just this weekend, friends. And then we hear, you know, it comes Saturday morning here at the church. 
had over 30 people in our church come out for a budget boot camp <laughs> and are committed to getting their finances right so that they can actually live like God created them to live, free and generous. And I just love that our church is committed to that, to helping people in the trenches, very practically speaking. There's a lot of interest, and we're going to do another one of these things as soon as we can because it was just a, I just love the fact that you go from, you know, this miracle gift of parking to the miracle of salvation in Joey's life to the miracle of community in Jade's life to the miracle of us getting in the trenches and opening up our books and opening up our lives to God and saying, God, how would you want to use an ordinary person like me and the extraordinary things that you're doing? And I look at all that's happened in the life of our church, and there are many more stories mm. just this weekend alone. And I can't help but think it's no mistake that you're here. Mm. And while you may or may not have been a part of the last two years, you can be a part of mm-hmm. Act 2 with this church. We would love for you to be a part of what God's doing to transform lives with his amazing love and grace through this church in this city. Mm. And when I hear those stories and I see what God has done in our midst over the last two years. And, and as I look at the church uh, in Acts and, 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 we, and we hear about this incredible, incredible outpouring of God's spirit and, and how, how people were moved and changed their lives to, to get in line with how God was at work, I literally find myself wondering, I mean, why wouldn't, why wouldn't God want to move like that here in our day as well? I mean, why wouldn't he want to do uh, what he did back in Corinth here in Chicago? Mm-hmm. The, the same way that he used Paul and a, and a handful of believers, why wouldn't he want to use us, his church, here and now? And friends, I believe that the very best days of Soul City Church are not behind us. Mm-hmm. The past two years have been amazing. They've been remarkable. It has been a movement of God. But I believe the very best days of Soul City Church are in front of us. They are in front of us. And I have never been more clear or more confident about the fact that God is moving. God is moving. And the question for us as a church is are we willing and are we ready to move with him? Mm. Are we willing and are we ready to move with him? You see, I believe that he is looking to see just how willing we are to trust him. Just how willing we are to to be utterly dependent and put our lives in his hands. And, And I despair, I literally anguish over the thought of God wanting to move through us and 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 we would somehow not be aware or attentive enough to join him in what it is that he so longs to do. How terrible would it be if God was, was ready and able and willing to move and we were distracted mm. or our eyes were fixed on something else or we weren't attentive to him and to his glory. I, I want the kind of life that isn't just comfortable and has a, a string of a few great things that happened in our life. I want stories upon stories upon stories upon stories to the point where people are so tired of the (laughs) stories of how God is moving in this church. That's the kind of life, that's the kind of body of believers that I want us to be, that I believe God longs for us to be. 
I long for us to be the kind of church that when people uh, meet us on the L or when they meet us on the train or when they meet us in a cab or in line for a cup of coffee, that after their encounter with us, they start to go, what is up with those people at Soul City Church? (laughs) I don't get it. They are overflowing with love. They're so nice. (laughs) There's like this kindness and generosity that pours out of them. It's as if that the things that they say they believe in, they've chosen to live that way. They've chosen to align their lives with the work of God. I long for us to literally become PhD experts on the impossible. I long for us to to so believe that God is about the impossible. He's about moving mountains. And we just become experts on the impossibilities because it's an opportunity for us to see God at work. And it starts with every single one of us, every single one of us choosing, am I going to be one of those people that God has on his side in this city? Because it'd be really easy for us to go, yeah, it's so cool. Isn't that so cool to hear those stories and and how God's at work and and how God has people here and there and how he's using them around the city? But I believe the question that he's asking to us today, church, is will you be one of those people Mm -hmm. that God has on his side in this city? Mm -hmm. Will you be one of those people? Will you respond to him? Will you follow him? Will you align your life with how he is at work? Mm -hmm. Will you be one of them? And what we celebrate here, the reason that we come together every single Sunday, and the reason that we are a church better seven days of the week instead of just one, the reason that we are committed to leading people into a transforming relationship with Jesus is because of what our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, did on the cross. Because he died for you and for me and was resurrected so that we could have life. And friends, here's the thing. You were not just saved for the fact that you have eternity secured with him, you were saved for something right now. You were saved for something right now. It's about saving people to something, not just from something. Mm-hmm. And you were created, I was created, to be one of those people on God's side in this city. Mm-hmm. And I believe that Act 2 of Soul City Church is so much grander and greater and more miraculous than all of what Act One has been. Mm. And the question for you and for me is, will you be one of those people? Mm. Will you be one of those people on God's side in this city? Mm. And one of the things that we did uh, at our first anniversary, at our very first birthday, um, was we took a moment to just sort of stop and to reflect on how God has been at work and to bless him and to honor him. And as the band comes up right now, we're going to go into a time of worship. But we thought that this was such a a fun and an amazing um, experience that we thought it might become a bit of a tradition around here. And so actually one of the things that we ask you to do each time that you come here is to put your cell phone away and make sure that it's turned off. Um, But instead what I'm going to ask you to do is actually take your cell phone out. Um, And this isn't necessarily a time for you to like check email or send some calls. Uh, We're going to actually do something with it. Um, And 
And as a way of just blessing God and giving glory to him and honor to him, we want to shine the light of our cell phone up to heaven and to just let him be blessed and honored to let our thanks rise up to him as a way of saying, God, you are our light. We put our hope in you. And so we extend this light up to heaven. And so here's what I'm going to ask you to do. We're going to go through a few phrases and prompts. And if it describes you, if what, what we say describes your story in your life, then what we want you to do is to just light up your cell phone, hold it up, and just twist it around so people can see it. So the first is, how many of you this past year, you started coming to Soul City Church for the first time in this last year? Just light up your cell phone Look around and, and turn see. it around. Holy smokes, look around and see. Wow. Mm. Wow. All right. How many of you, I'd love for this next one for you. How many of you this last year have had an experience here when we gather together on the weekends? where you've so clearly sensed and felt and experienced God's love for you, God's presence for you. Maybe it's through a time of worship. Maybe it's through teaching from God's word. Maybe it's a time in the prayer hall. But at some point this last year on a weekend, you clearly felt that God was not only with you, but for you as we gathered together. If that's you, go ahead and raise it up. Look around. Look at how good God and faithful God is. How many of you this past year, maybe it was coming back to God, but you really began a relationship with Jesus Christ, and he is your Lord and Savior. Let up your cell phone. Mm. Friends, look around. Mm. Be encouraged. Mm. How many of you this year have experienced, for the, maybe the first time in your life, the real joy that comes from sacrifice, the, the joy that comes from serving or, or from giving of your time or, or your resources. You have given and it's felt like you've received more in the process. If you've experienced the, that this last year, raise it up and look around. Only God could do this, friends, where we pour ourselves out and somehow come out ahead because of it. What a gift. How many of you this last year have had a chance uh, to experience the joy that comes um, from serving with one of our partners. Maybe it was serving uh, through the Christmas store or the back-to-school bash, or maybe you read at Brown. Maybe you've served with one of our partners over at Breakthrough Urban Ministries or By the Hand. Um, If that's you, hold up your light and let it look around. How many of you this last year have found that circles really are better than rows? Mm. That you've joined a small group and you have found that love and grace that God has for you, his extraordinary power through a circle of ordinary people. If you've joined a small group this last year at Soul City Church, would you turn your phone on and raise it up? Look at that. How many of you, when you hear God's word and you hear his prompting this morning, how many of you know 
that God is speaking to you and saying, you, you need to be one of those people that I have on my side in this city. I want you to light up your cell phone. around friends you're not alone Mm. your God is with you and for you and God is inviting people ordinary people like you and me to join up with the extraordinary things that he's doing through this church and the city if you've been around for a couple years it's been quite a ride hasn't it and if you're just coming out here just getting involved you're in for the ride of a lifetime the adventure of a lifetime where we find a purpose greater than ourselves power that is not our own, where we see lives literally changed around us, and most especially and specifically our own. And so what we want to do is call attention to that, to lift that up to God. Just as we lifted our lights up to God in heaven, we want to lift our voices up to God in heaven. Tell God, there's, there's no one like God. There's nothing like, I'm telling you, friends, there's nothing like the local church when it is fully surrendered to God and on mission with what God is doing. There's nothing like it. There's no one like our God. And so what we're going to do is something we always do here as part of our worship. We want to give to God, not just of our voice, but also of ourselves. We're going to receive an offering, which we regularly do. It's one of the ways that we acknowledge God's goodness in our life. If we stopped and looked over the last two years, a year, and just said, God, have you been faithful to me? I think everyone would say, yep, may not have looked like what I thought it would, but God has been good and he has been faithful. And so we give. And what we find is when we give, God not only extends the work of this church and this city and our act too as we move forward, but what really what God grows in the process is our own heart and our own perspective. And he reorients things to help us see things his way, our resources, our time, our lives. So I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to give, and we're going to sing out. And I would encourage you, friends, to sing today, to celebrate our great and good God, and to join up with what he's doing here in this city. So let's pray together right now. God, thank you for who you are and what you have done. Thank you, God, that it is you who has led this church all along the way. God, these are your stories that we celebrate. God, these are our lives that we offer to you, the very one who gave us life. God, I pray you would stir something in us so clear and so strong today that we would say, With our lives, we want to be about what you're doing, God. We want to be one of those that you have on your side in this city. And so, God, we join with you. We join with the church in this city. We thank you, God, for our brothers and sisters at churches all across the city who are lifting up the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for the organizations that we partner with that lift up the name of Jesus. God, we want to be about what you are doing in our lives, in this church, and in this city. And so, God, we give to you. We sing to you. We offer ourselves to you to experience, God, you and your amazing love and grace. So God, be with us now as we give and as we sing. Remind us of the truth of who you are, that there is no one like you, God, and this is just the beginning. We pray this in your name.